You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Smash After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424. 424- 256 1729. That's 424 256 1729. And now, another post game wrap up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV's Smash After Show. Hey, everybody. Bing is for doing, and we are here doing another post game wrap up of Smash. Tonight is the workshop. Uh, oh, crud. I don't know what episode it is. Oh. It's, it's uh, episode seven, I believe. Yes, episode seven. Season one, episode seven. I am Tamara Berg. I'm joined in the studio by Kendra Cabasal, and we've got Ronnie Jr. and Jerrica in the booth running things for us. So We're excited about the show, as always. We are. And you know we also have your... Your third uh, partner in crime, Sarah Oh, yes, we have. Mendoza. I'm so sorry. Sarah, we have you on the phone. I just forgot. <laughs> Many things to think about here. It's and been a long Dancing with the Stars type of day, so it it's okay. It has been. It has been. Yes, if you all are watching Dancing with the Stars, and even if you're not, <laughs> you need to vote for Maria Menounos. <laughs> Right. She is our patron and our founder, and she is her gorgeousness and competing on Dancing with the Stars this season. So yes. I called 12 times today. I tried to. You tried to, Apparently. and you will when you get home. Yes. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, but we talked about the carrier. Yeah. No, but you can do it. Yeah, just don't stop till you do Just keep trying. It. Just no, make, I know. make it happen. It was, no. it was a separate <laughs> discussion. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Can you guys yeah. hear me right now? Yes, we can. Do you have something to say, Missy? Hello, everybody. Hi. Hi. Yeah, so I had car troubles. That's why I'm not with you guys tonight. I know. Tonight. I, we're, miss you we're, all. we're missing you. Are you missing us? I I am missing you very much. Good. I wish I could see your faces right now. I know. <laughs> I know. You're going to have to look I, tomorrow. I just want to say that I called 12 times from three different phones. <laughs> Good for you. Oh, nice. I'm going to do 12 times tomorrow from another phone as well. So, yes. <laughs> Yeah, but I couldn't text in, though, because I don't have an AT&T phone. Yes. Yeah, see, Sarah, that's, that's what we were talking yeah. about earlier. Yeah. I tried to text You can only do the text back. the votes if you have an AT&T phone. So, I know that. Yeah. yeah, that's so. so limited. I don't know why they would go with that company if it's just... Just keep yeah, picking up phones wherever you go <laughs> and calling. the results. It's not, I'm just going to go to an AT&T store and like... Right, exactly. I need to test in. this phone. Yeah. I need to test 12 it. Times. 12, 12 times. 12 times. phones. <laughs> okay, let's get into Smash. Let's okay. get into Smash. So, first of all, Bernadette Peters, we've been long awaiting this appearance. Bernadette yes. Peters shows up as Ivy's mother. Looking and Right. right. Very first thing we have to say. <laughs> How old is she again, Sarah? 25. 64 years 64 old. 64 years old. She looks fabulous. And she looks the same as she has. She has not the picture of Dorian Gray. She's got a painting in her attic that is aging because she is not. <laughs> she no, looks she amazing. She looks yeah. exactly the same as like 20 years ago when I was watching Annie on t- on that, on um, the movie. Easily. Yeah. Easily she looks the same and sounds the same as well. She did that yeah. beautiful song, Everything Comes, Everything's Coming Up Roses um, from Gypsy. Mm-hmm. Just a great, you know, crowd pleaser, wonderful effortless. song that everybody... Yeah. yeah. I was blown away. Yeah. yeah. It was fantastic. But her character, uh, <laughs> not so nice. No. Not so nice. I'm just realizing I have fuchsia glue on my fingers because I was... I was uh, doing some volunteer stuff earlier today with with Aww. little kiddles, and uh, I realized I did not get the pink off of my fingers. So, oh my gosh, it's everywhere! I have it everywhere. Oh, what a great gosh. time to notice that! I know, fantastic. <laughs> it's a nice reminder. Very of your volunteer cool. Work today. It is. Yeah. It is. That is good. I was working with well, the sick kids. Distracting, uh-huh. you know. Yes, it is. It distracted me, and I'm sorry for hijacking the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um. Uh, right, the character, not so nice. 
Hey, it's exactly. late, people. You're... Monday is a really long day for us. Yeah, for mo- for the rest of the world, Monday is it's day like no one. But for Tamara and me and a lot of people, like it's day three. Right. Plus, <laughs> when's plus, the weekend? Plus, we we just get in here late every night, yeah. every Monday night. So yeah. it's it's just it's a little hard. So I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm really gonna try to not be distracted. Okay. So anyway, we need the board. Um, Lee Conroy, who is uh, Bernadette Peters' character, she. She comes in and kind of is sabotaging Ivy all along, and mm-hmm. and it's really sort of typical that that's what she would do because she's you know a Broadway star. Mm-hmm. She's clearly an icon. Everyone knows who she is wherever she goes. And not only that, when she walks in a room, she she commands attention mm-hmm. both with who she is, but how she is. She mm-hmm. plays along, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. And and it was an inappropriate thing for her to do every time. I thought, didn't you? Yeah, but that's her personality, right? So yeah, right. Yeah, but I would have killed her if she were my mother. <laughs> well, I think that's what Ivy was feeling, sort of thinking. saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was interesting though. Um, except for except for when she came into the workshop, uh, like okay, I don't. At that, she was trying to feel. Her, thunder, her daughter's thunder. You didn't think she was, or you did think she was? Um, in every instance except that, I thought she was. Hmm. So n- not that for not that instance. I thought that was the most blatant <laughs> of the incidents. Really? Yes. Yeah. But she she could have just you know you know scrambled to she her could seat have. quietly. But, but she, no, had she to made make a, a whole production. Yeah, she made a whole curtain call right. of getting to her her seat. Exactly, a curtain it's, call. She did. I, I just think that's in her strut. That's just how she is. Right. Well, yeah. she's a woman of the theater, obviously. Right. She was just trying to project at the wrong moment. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> what did What did you guys think it was? Why she was being like that? I thought throughout the whole episode that she just didn't. She wanted to get her glory back because she's I get the I got the feeling that she was she's been out of the business for a while but yeah. people still know her yeah. because she had a successful career. Yes. And here her daughter is, you know, having some up an up and coming career. Right, an mm-hmm. up and coming star now. She's she's getting her first shining moment and she's she's saying, Hey, what about me? Yeah, definitely. You know, like, well, because, you know, she is, she's obviously not playing ingenue roles anymore. It would be the, you know, matron roles, so to speak, mm-hmm. in, in anything if she was getting any roles. She clearly still has the ability, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm sure that's all it is. It's that, you know, the insecurity of actors. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, she's that's why torn. I don't do it anymore. <laughs> I, I think she's torn between a few emotions, you know, that, yeah. what you guys mentioned, and, um, seeing her daughter but wanting to encourage her but remembering the tough times i guess she probably i assume she had uh leading to her success right and And feeling conflicted about it right Mm -hmm. so you know that protection but the oh i need to fall back because yeah you know for lack of a better term (laughs) um you know because i need her to grow on her own but I need to keep a stone face. Don't tell her I love her, but I love her. So let me right. tell her. So it was well, it's a really, lot of, it's, it really is complex, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. And it it's interesting it's to watch. Hard to deal with. Psychology. But then I thought it was really done well. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, there's all there. It doesn't matter how good one's relationship is with one's parent. Mm-hmm. There, it's, it is always complex and it's never perfect. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And so when you add these extra elements of being a performer mm-hmm. and all of the, the drama and trauma, pardon the pun, that go with that, mm-hmm. um, it's, it, it's extremely difficult. And it, it speaks to all those things that you were just saying. It's, yeah. it's a hard thing to deal with. Yeah. And the competition yeah. and... Mm-hmm. And all of that. You can you can definitely see the push and pull um, within Bernadette's character throughout the episode because obviously it's a gesture of caring that she shows up to be there for Ivy during this time during you know the workshop performance. Right. Um, and she gets there and maybe she doesn't think the spotlight's going to be here, but it just you know I was reading something like. You know, the energy just gets sucked out of the room when Bernadette Peters walks in because she's such a bright light. She's such a star. 
So she ends up performing, and throughout the performance, she's commanding that performance, but she also tries to direct some energy back to Ivy because she has to try and remind herself, like, this is for Ivy. You know, right. for Ivy. Well, you um, know, so you what, definitely see the push pull going on. What about this her. this possibility that um, s- people didn't know that that uh, was what was mother. her name Lee was Ivy's mother, yeah. and couldn't that actually work for Ivy's fa- in Ivy's favor? I think it did. Not only are you an up and coming star who's very talented, but holy cow, you come from that yeah. gene pool. Yes, right. you're amazing. I, I, I think, think, think that would definitely add credibility, yeah, wouldn't you? I think it immediately did. With uh, we saw Derek, Derek, yeah, kind of you know encouraging her mm-hmm. after the fact. Like mm-hmm. he, he was you know beating her down, beating her down. And then, oh, Lee shows up. Oh, you know, you're great. You know, you're fantastic. <laughs> By the way, yeah, you were born to this. do this. You yeah. have ice in your veins. Yeah, yeah. I don't say it much, I, I, but you're, you know, you're fabulous. Right, you're wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that the fact that it does add credibility and it would help Ivy is the very reason why Ivy hit it is because she kind of want to make she wants to make her own name for herself you know, outside of the shadow of her amazingly talented and already successful mother. Sure. Like she wanted to know that she made it on her own, that her blood, sweat, and tears mm-hmm. um, was the thing that did it, you know, that gave her the part and not the fact that she's rela- she happens to be related to this big name in the industry. Well, and if I think that's the case, she's it's come out at the perfect time because yeah. she's already got the role. Granted, mm-hmm. the show it's going to go forward, but we don't know it's going to go forward yet on episode seven. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's the perfect time. She comes out, she sort of makes her starring debut Mm -hmm. in this show. The world sees it and goes, and can you believe it? Mm -hmm. She's so-and-so's daughter, but she's already won the role. So it's the perfect time for that to come out, I would think. Do you agree with that? I agree. I think she also has some push and pull in her mind because she... While she wants to make a name for herself, as Sarah said, I think she also um, welcomes that feedback from her mom because it's still, you know, it's your mother, a trailblazer, but yeah. she can mm-hmm. learn from her. She can. And so that was nice to see their relationship kind of develop over the episode. And she finally tells her she loves her. And yes. so I think that opened the door to to more um, education on the role. On right. The, on just becoming a Broadway star. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. You're so hopeful. And- I- <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's obvious but, that Ivy's trying to connect with her mother. Yes. You know, it seems like they're not so close, but she's trying. It showed, like, from the tears in the first, you know, when she was when Bernadette was oh, yeah. performing, Ivy was already in tears, you know, in the workshop. I'm not sure if that's because she was like, hey, Mom, you're stealing my thunder here, or well, because she sees what her mother has become and she wants to be able to live up to that one day I wish, and connect with her mother through their craft. I wish Ivy had seen her mother crying, though, when she was performing. I don't think she noticed that. So it, No, of course. I'm sure she didn't notice that. It went both that. ways. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, let's let's move on to Julia and Mike. The, <laughs> oh, for God's sake, the ones that storyline is what we're oh, calling it these days. Yes, it's so stressful. <laughs> Yeah, it well, it's stressful, and and I have to say, I'm a little put off by them this week. Now, you know, I, I was I, the two very moral girls are on either side of me um, last week, and you know, I was just talking about how hot the sex scene was. Um, who's the tramp in this scenario? It's all about um, the, yeah, never mind. No, but yeah, the, the sweaty couch. <laughs> we had to go there. It's all again. about the sweaty sofa, and if you'll notice, Ivy fell off the sweaty sofa. Again tonight, we're just saying they didn't clean it, or they put some kind of residual cleaner sweat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it might it might be there, or, or the bed bugs, or whatever that they were talking about. Um, so right, so your your Kendra, your first comment was so Julia and Mike are out in the um, hallway. Uh-oh. There's a reflection of a mirror behind them, and and I thought that that was someone watching, and I thought it was incredibly reckless of them to be kissing in the in the hallway. But then um, then it turned out we we realized it was a reflection. Tom comes out, he's talking to them. He doesn't exactly catch them kissing but practically or yeah, did he, he I, did, yeah. okay and then they go inside everything's fine and then the camera pans <laughs> right a little and we see freaking ellis, ellis standing there and kendra says why don't they check the corners <laughs> the two it's of them true. for goodness sake and again not condoning it but 
you know, and there would be no show, I guess, if, you know, they didn't check corn. If yeah. they did check corn. Yeah. But he's everywhere. Yeah, he, he is. <laughs> he should wear a bell like a cat so yes. that you know he's there. Ugh. He should have like a beeping sound for a car that's going in reverse I or mean, something. I, I have know. a list of people now who know about this affair. I know. There's a whole... Right. So yeah. do you, can you read the list, please? We have Leo, the son. Yes. We have Tom, which, I mean, she confessed to him last episode, but now he kind of witnessed it himself. Right. Um, we have Ellis. Right. Sneaking around in corners. Sneaky, and, sneaky Ellis. And Eileen. Right. Because Ellis told Eileen. Right. But she kind of wanted to ignore it. Right. She kind of said, well, come to me when you have valuable information. Like, you know, this is not relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wondered if she maybe knew about the previous affair. Right. Five years ago. And just right. kind of was like, you know, protecting well, I mean, of all the people that she should be protecting, Ellis isn't one of them. No, you know? not protecting no, Ellis. I, no, I know you're oh, not saying yeah, that. Yeah. I'm just saying so that she would be protecting her, you know, her investment, right, so to speak. Right, right, exactly. But, do, you, do you think that Eileen's more worried about the families involved or the fact that the show could fall apart? No, I think she's... No, Eileen doesn't care about the fam. I mean, not that she's some heartless <laughs> wench or anything, but right. I think she's concerned about her business, and you know? And the martinis, yeah. Sure. And, the, and the $7 martinis, because she's on a budget now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, she wants a $7 martini. I don't really understand um, Eileen's relationship with what is his name? Ellis. Oh, yeah. I thought, I honestly thought like she was putting him in his place at first. Right. When he came to her and said that. Right. And I was like, uh-oh, that friendship's over. Like, he really could be fired right now. And then the next scene they are shown together in, they're at the bar chatting it up. Yucking it up. I know. They're good friends again. I, you know, so, I, I don't want to be, I'm trying to not be hypercritical, but I feel like um, Eileen is coming off a little bit, um, her her acting is not believable to me and i don't think it's angelica houston i think it's the i think it's the character or the Mm -hmm. writing or something but she seems very um uh, uh, over the top and and sort of not believable i feel like she hasn't settled into the part Mm -hmm. and angelica houston is an amazing actress but she and i think it, it just seems like her this method that she's going through with um, hanging out with Ellis and going to the $7 bar and kind of slumming it mm-hmm. just seems really odd to out me. Out of place. I think, yeah. I think uh, maybe... Well, she's going through this whole, like, midlife crisis thing. Yes. In every episode, I think. Well, it's a way of rebelling against well, that- her... Um, Husband, soon to be ex-husband, I think. He's yeah, but it just crazy seems crazy things that he wouldn't approve of. It just seems silly to me because it's it's a little like you know, an eighty-year-old woman wearing a mini skirt. I'm not calling Angelica Houston eighty years old by any means. <laughs> I'm just saying it seems really just dissonant. It yeah. doesn't it doesn't work together right. at all for me. Yeah. And I, and I just feel like instead of being sort of, you know, interesting and charming or or odd or, you know, fun, it just seems it just seems weird. But that I agree with Sarah. I think maybe it's a good thing cuz it kind of helps with the role. Like she's trying to find her footing in life after the divorce, so she's a little awkward. In what she's yeah, doing. Yeah, but I just, you know, instead of appearing awkward, she's making me feel awkward. But maybe that's intentional. But maybe. it makes me want to not watch her. <laughs> it makes me want to mute that part of the oh. of the show. Well, then. And Kendra, so. you do not want to get that where Tamara doesn't watch the show. <laughs> Don't make her feel uncomfortable. Don't make me do I it. I didn't write the script. But. So... <laughs> You know, I think there's a I think there's a difference, and I've had this conversation with lots of people about lots of films and yeah. and TV shows where when you know the director is trying to get something across to mm-hmm. the viewer, and when it and I've specifically had this conversation about awkwardness and mm-hmm. and making your audience feel uncomfortable. Yeah, and it, it's a very careful line that you have to walk mm-hmm. because you can either make your audience feel uncomfortable and bring them into the film. Or television show, or you can make them feel uncomfortable to the point where they want to change the channel. Right. And that's what I'm getting from this because oh. I just feel like she's mugging to the camera. I feel it's a little bit yeah. 
um, of a, a, a clown sort of scenario. And both of those words are way too strong for what I'm talking about. But I just, <laughs> it's just, I, I'm not, I, I don't, well, I, I don't get I it. It's weird. It's like, it's not real, maybe, is what you're trying to say. I'm not sure. Hmm. But it's, for me, it's not real. Like the things that she's doing, even, you know, the glass champagne splashing it in the face. Yes. Like, she's just very, like, over the They're top. Use it for com- yeah, comical relief for every single episode, but it's not. It's just not that funny. Sometimes it is awkward, like you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I think she's great too, but it is awkward. Yeah. Um, we got off topic. Uh, <laughs> there's our alert. But so, what? Go ahead. What? No, I just. Well, can I just say one more thing too? Oh, yes, on. you may, Sarah. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think, think she was in the studio. No. <laughs> sorry. Go say that again. <laughs> I think her and the plumber guy are such an odd match. Well, like, he's not the plumber. He's the bartender. <laughs> we had oh, that the, yeah, sorry, the, bar, the bartender guy. We, we, we mistook him for the plumber for yeah. a little while, too. Yeah. I was calling him Mr. Fix-It. he wears many hats or something. But he's um, he, it's just such a weird match to me that does add to uh, add to that awkwardness. Yeah. And that, I feel like that wouldn't happen. Right. I th- I mean I thought he was he's I think he's really he's good looking yeah. and and he was charming he was very charming in the in the conversations that they'd had is he Irish Wait a minute that's the guy what guy that we talked about I just realized now he was in a soap opera he was in our news and gossip okay sorry oh. now I'm just waking up. welcome to the show no because he looked We're glad different you're here. but then when I just said handsome I remember saying that. He was handsome. He, he used to be in a soap. Did you say you like my hair? <laughs> <laughs> I said, welcome to the show. No, after that. Oh, oh, oh. Something about my hair? No, I didn't. Oh. No. Um, no, and so he was, I don't, oh, the notes are over there. But um, yeah, he was on a soap opera. Okay. I think it was All My Children or something. Okay. And he was supposed to play her love interest. Oh, okay, okay. So this is how he's being introduced. Okay. It all, it all comes, comes back together. <laughs> So, right. But if there's a relationship coming, which I'm sure there will be a relationship coming between the two of them, um, that's maybe something I can believe. Her being, you know, doing this histrionics and throwing drinks and, you know, and doing that silly gun video game in the bar. I mean, those are all like just silly things that just didn't seem in character for her. And I I, I question the, the interpretation of having her stretch her boundaries i I, i'm not i'm not buying it it. i think she needs some time yeah well i think somebody needs something Uh, okay so julia and mike (laughs) so julia's crying and and she catches leo smoking pot she finds Uh, out that leo knows and then then they're doing this she she says to mike it's over we're not doing this anymore right mm -hmm. then then they go into it's the day before the workshop. They're about to have, you know, the Niederlanders and the Schuberts and everybody show up the next day and they're working on a scene. So it ends up having Mike and Julia across from each other reading dialogue and mm-hmm. Derek listening. Mm-hmm. And I thought, again, I, I'm, I'm just not loving this this episode, but I felt felt that that scene between the two of them was not believable. I felt yeah. like it was contrived. I was going to say that. And that... There's no way in hell that Derek wouldn't catch on that they were doing something right. personal in I, that scene. Mm, I feel like right. Derek's in his own bubble and he wouldn't catch on. I feel like um, Eileen was also watching and yes. I think she did because her eyebrows raised. And yes. She was like, hmm. But I th- I, again, well, knew, I, she already knew at that point. Yes, though, she did. No, Ellis, right. Ellis. Right. But at the same time, the dialogue worked for the, you know, Marilyn DiMaggio thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it all anyways, it. It seemed that Derek wouldn't catch on just because I feel like he's he's like oh no that like he's, he's kind yeah, of yeah I mean to those right things. I can believe that but I just I, I still felt like the scene was just very contrived and yeah. not um, it was not my favorite scene <laughs> none of them were today. I don't I don't really have a favorite scene this did, week did Julia oh. storm off after that reading I forget. No, uh, they did a hard cut. They cut to something else. They, uh, they cut to commercial, I think, actually. She did oh, walk okay. away, but I think that was part of the script, right? The or... way that that played out, I, I'm sort of with uh, Tamara on this one. I thought it was really unbelievable that Derek wouldn't be like, what is going on between you two? I actually I thought it was going to end like with him calling them out 
and telling them to, like, stop whatever they've got going on. But he, it played out as he believed it, and that was just weird to me because just, it was so obvious. No, but things are so obvious on. with Ivy, and he's just, you know, it's all about him. So I don't, I don't think it's in his character to realize these things about people. He's not on that level emotionally. Okay, honey. <laughs> I'm, no, um, and this is what we've been saying the, the whole the, time. The next thing, I, but I want to say the next thing that that really bothered me about the Michael and Julia story was mm-hmm. um, him him coming to Julia during intermission of <laughs> workshop day to say we need to talk about our relationship. Yeah. I mean, first of all, that's crazy to yeah. do. Yeah. Second of all, you are an actor. Mm-hmm. So you really don't care about your relationships when you're being an actor. I'm sorry. I've been around enough of them to know that that's the case. Um, they, they're they completely self-absorbed. He's in the middle of something that could be a massive, massive career maker for him. And he wants to talk about how his girlfriend uh, won't sleep with him. He's on the project just because of her. I believe. Yeah, I know, He's but it's her. still he could <laughs> if it goes, yeah. he could still end up being Joe DiMaggio. Yeah, and th- I, again, I thought it was implausible. <laughs> There's no way that uh, that that conversation would have well, happened, especially with her husband lurking. Yeah, and her like, husband around the corner, right? And his yeah. little boy running around or something. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't really, like- but. He can't really be that dumb, right? Well, you know, there's a time and place for everything. He's been consistently he's laying that it dumb. all out there. I mean, and not say no, that again. He's been cons- consistently that dumb. In previous- he has been. That's why it's so. An- Actually, he- I find him to be very annoying. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, like he's always on her, like in in the most blatant spaces. You know, right. like they're in the hallway. He's going to go in for a kiss, like they're a couple. Right. No. Yeah, he's <laughs> ridiculous. Right. Now, now he's so the, needy, too. The, well, that yeah. was the other thing I was actually going to go to. It could be that he's such a narcissist, because this is a show of narcissists. Right. He could be such a narcissist that he doesn't even really care about what's going on about him. It's just about whatever's in front of him at that moment and whatever he's feeling at that moment. Yeah. So he is very uh, careless, right. potentially. Which mm-hmm. could harm a lot of people. But how do you if so? Was he married when they had their affair before? I don't think so. Okay, because no, I remember he, he said, "Oh, I'm married now." When, oh, sh- I'm married now, yeah. right? So he let's just say he hasn't been through this before, and he he's he's maybe not very experienced <laughs> in having an affair. He knows that he needs to hide it from his wife and her boyfriend. Out of his way to be stupid, though, like when he went and walked up to the husband, you know, yes. to say something to him, yes, and say like, "Yeah, he'll come over." when he's home like it was just he looked for awkward moments like that it seems it's like a game for him well maybe it is i mean maybe maybe he's maybe he's not happy at home and he's really trying to push it so that he will break everybody up and and then what what does he think is going to pick up the pieces like what's what's going to happen she's going to leave her family he's going to leave his and they're going to be happily ever after yeah is that what he think is I, i don't i don't think he's thinking no, probably not. Ahead. Probably not. Yeah. While we're on the subject of him, though, I think he did a really good job with um, his song. Yeah, you do? Um, his performance. What was it called? Something. On Lexington and 52nd, that one? <laughs> yeah, like you could really feel the anger flowing through him in that song. And yes. He, he's such a good singer. I thought it was a great performance. Yeah. Kendra, what do you guys think? Kendra wasn't a big fan of it. <laughs> I'm just going to say I totally outed you. No, I, well, it's just because, but I, I the reason I brought it up because I think it is a character thing again. Yeah. I don't think he was necessarily um, this, you know, Michael Swift doing a, doing a great right. performance of a great song right. because he was also putting in the layer of that I'm conflicted. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend and her husband are here. There's all this going mm-hmm. on. So but I think I that there was, through it right, I think it, there yeah. were extra layers of it. The same way that Megan Hilty talked about I'm... Megan Hilty playing Ivy playing Marilyn, mm-hmm. which is different right. than Ivy mm-hmm. or than Megan Hilty playing Marilyn. Mm-hmm. You and know, she has scaled back in you know in certain emotional times, and then you know done a great job when at other times. You know, yes. So it is. It's probably the acting. I just well, what, I, what Michael Swift is going through in that scene. Yes, is just like the other songs. The same thing as what the musical character is going through, Joe DiMaggio. It made Joe DiMaggio believable when he was performing that for me because they're experiencing the same thing. He feels 
like he's competing against all these other things for the woman that he supposedly loves. Right. And I, and because it's a similar situation and he was putting his passion into it, that's why I thought it was so good. Mm -hmm. It was such a good performance for me Mm -hmm. on the character level. I need to watch it again because I was writing notes and trying to figure out the Twitter feed and this and the that. Um, and I was really, I was just listening to it and, and vocally, um, it, I, I, I kind of agree with you that it wasn't like the most, uh, Kendra, I'm saying, I don't, I don't necessarily think it was the best vocal performance that mm-hmm. he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I, I think that History is Made at Night song is the best one that they've done so far, mm-hmm. best original song that they've done so far. Mm-hmm. And he's fabulous in that. Mm-hmm. And the song where he was melting Julia with his, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to kiss you now song. Yeah. Um, I thought that one was really beautiful. So yeah. I don't think it's I don't think it's him as a as a performer. Right. I think it might be that what we've all been saying about the blah 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 Okay, anything else to say about Michael and Julia? We all hate the situation. Oh, oh yeah, this is the other thing that I think is so ridiculous. Okay, it's Michael and Julia. Oh my God, I'm so hot for you. No, no, no. I'm. Oh my God, I'm so hot for you. No, I'm so hot for you. Oh my God, let's have sex on the couch. Okay, we're gonna totally have sex on the couch. Oh my God, I'm crying. Oh my God, no, we're totally broken up. <laughs> I mean, in, that's how fast it went. And insert um, his wife and kids show right. up. Wife and the, kids show up. <laughs> to the. I mean, Julia just show. went like Who from. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. But, but I mean, it just was literally there was one episode, not even one episode. There were two, two thirds of two episodes yeah. where they well, were together. They're and not then really broken up. This is only the beginning. Do we have a prediction coming? Oh, up? sorry. A, a premature <laughs> prediction. I like how every week, uh, Kendra, always, you're she very insightful and you're already and ready to do always predictions. Always drops out sorry. the prediction. That's great. Yeah. That means when you watch, your mind goes to these places. I think that's, that's not, right. a, not a bad deal, Kendra. So I better write right. that down, though, because last time you it. forgot. <laughs> She's like, I had a prediction. I did, I but I don't Wait, remember so, what it So, is. Tammy, that yeah. really happened? The, oh, my God, I love you. Oh, my God, let's steam it up. And, oh, my God, we're broken up? Yeah. In, was, what? It, the they slept together notes. last episode and they broke up in this episode. They slept together I in the end Julia of last just episode. Wanted they, her little fix, air yeah. quote. She's right. She wanted she's, her little fix of Michael and, and then she then reality hit and she's like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. But she's done it before. <sighs> no, but you know, I think it's because now it's because they got caught. It's it's if if Leo, let me go down my list here. Yes. If Leo, Leo Alice, Tyleen, Tom, Tom <laughs> all know. If they hadn't you know implied that they that, knew, you know that's true. I don't and think she, she looked sincerely heartbroken when she saw the the wife and the kid walk yes. in and he kissed her. Yes. She, she was like, "Oh my up. god, this isn't going to work." Right, cuz they're both homewreckers and her she, her being outside getting ready to vomit. Yeah. That's yeah, that's serious. That's that's hitting you in the gut. Yeah, I was so scared that she was prego at that moment with Michael's Aww. baby. Actually, uh huh. Write that down. That's a prediction. Like, <laughs> write, write that down, Sarah. <laughs> oh my God! What if that is it? It could be. Why? Why is she vomiting or wanting to vomit? She could be. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely could be a possibility. That and would be because then, the huh? then they'll be excited. Oh, we're pregnant. We don't have to adopt. And then. DNA test and all that stuff. Sorry. Oh, man. Predictions later on. We're not going to have very good predictions, though. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. I know. Our audience is going to be like, we heard that. Um. Okay. So then our third topic was the workshop, the actual process of the workshop. So we've covered some of this with talking about Michael and Julia mm-hmm. having their conversation during the intermission with Derek talking to her, to Ivy about the, the intermission. Um, a couple of things, just procedural things that I thought were really interesting. I would have thought there would be some measure of costuming for a workshop. Now, I know there's no budget at all. Mm -hmm. These guys are making $200 a week to to do rehearsals. But I at least would have thought they'd say, you know, girls show up in a dress Mm -hmm. or, you know, and Ivy was sort of costumed and and Joe DiMaggio, Michael, was, was sort of costumed. But and some of the boys were wearing hats, which mm-hmm. are, pro- I don't know. I just thought, because I've been in no budget productions and you still figure out how to do something with, with, yeah, right. when you're doing workshops. Mm-hmm. And so that was, I, I j- maybe that's authentic, but it just seemed to me like for something where the stakes are so high. Yeah. 
that that there'd be maybe a little more. I understand having an extremely minimal set, um, you know, in with just blocks and the, chairs and yeah, yeah, to show the skill because I've done that too. Mm-hmm. But um, but I just sort of thought there'd be a little bit more. Karen standing there in in a yoga tank. pants and a, and a t shirt like a rash guard shirt right. that was weird. <laughs> I thought that was Falling weird. Off the stage, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even think of that, but you're right. Especially I if would... you're this is for your investors. These are people who are going to put up millions and millions of dollars potentially to to make your show go. Mm-hmm. And of course, you want the story and the songs to convey what you're conveying. But mm-hmm. every little bit helps seems to me maybe he was that confident in their talent which he should be yeah and and i think you know the audience appreciated it and and maybe maybe it looks like you're trying too hard if you if you start to costume and and that sort of thing but so like i said i don't know from broadway workshops i don't know what that's like but and maybe that's authentic but that just seemed sort of odd to me (laughs) um but so yeah there were several flubs ivy fell off the sweaty couch when they were picking her up on the bats, the she fell off. An important prop. It in is. This, in, in it this is. Show. Maybe Julia will give birth on that couch. <laughs> oh, gosh. Sorry. <laughs> Prediction. <laughs> oh, my. They'd have to sterilize it. Um, um, and Karen falling off it, off the bleachers into the drum kit. Yeah. Which was so funny. That, she was so cute when she fell off. She's adorable. I'm okay. I think I'm okay. I was going to say, I think throughout the workshop, and I think I've said this in previous episodes, Mm -hmm. I still feel like Karen stands out and shines from the background. I Uh feel like she looks out of place in the ensemble. Really? And it's... I think she's supposed to, though. No, yeah. I'm just pointing it out because I'm team Karen. Weren't you team Ivy? Yes. Sarah's team Ivy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm still team Ivy for the part, at least. Um... (laughs) No, yeah, so I didn't agree with what Derek was saying um, when he was talking about how Ivy wasn't so great during the workshop. I I don't see um, where in that performance, aside from the little trips, two trips Mm -hmm. here and there, Mm -hmm. where she wasn't good. I agree with you. I thought she was spectacular. I mean, that's his pathology speaking. Yeah. He's not, he, he knew she was great. He's just trying to keep her. You know where he can control her. That's what you think, That's really? I do. Ah. He's shown his his. But again, when with somebody with something so big on the line, I don't believe that. No. With all, something so big on the line, he's going to go in and mess with this girl's head when mm-hmm. his entire career could be made because and the rest of his life could be made by the people who are in the other room. He's going to go mess with the girl. She. And maybe, right. I, I have zero, this is a theory again. Uh-huh. <laughs> she kind of has that tendency to do really well when someone challenges her that way. Sure. Maybe when he's complimented her and other times she doesn't bring it as well. Because, you know, all of her life she's trying to impress her mom. So maybe to prove herself, everyone yeah. around her, she needs to do the same sure. thing in order to do well. Sure. I don't know. It's just a theory. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, thank God <laughs> Ivy has Tom. Yes. He's been such a positive influence with her. Yes. Yeah. And the one that, like, cheers her on on the sidelines and keeps her going. Yeah. If she didn't have Tom, then... She would derail. Yeah, totally. She would have had her breaking point, her second and final breaking point already, I think. Yeah. Um, one of the this is slightly off topic, but one of the things that I wanted to talk about because Kendra and I were talking about this a little bit, the the other chorus members, the dancers, <laughs> right, right. they uh, <sighs> the peanut gallery, they're just again. I feel like it's representation or presentational acting. I don't. I think I feel like they haven't settled into their parts yet, and they're very they're doing like sketch comedy instead of doing <laughs> an NBC ten o'clock drama. And I, I, I again, I don't want to be mean, and I'm trying to be funny, but I, I don't mean funny. it's that bad. That was good. But but they're the um. How they went from, I hate you, Karen, to, oh, my gosh, I'm totally going to support you when you go see this guy. I mean, that was just such a silly turn to me. Yeah. And and they're, I don't know if it's the directing or the writing or the acting, but something just feels not believable to me with them. Did you agree with me or did you not? I think, I think they're being stage actors 
on television, and it doesn't oh. work when you're when you're acting for the stage. Not That's that they true. suck. I'm not saying like they're they're good. <laughs> I'm sure they're amazing in Broadway. They're all Broadway actors, right? But it's a different kind of acting. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is versus being on television. I think they're still in their stage element as they're shooting this show. But in and term- that's why it seems so overdone, maybe. In terms of the storyline, though, I was asking Tamara if if that was something realistic. Like, you know, do people band together in a Broadway show or, or other stage show and kind of become friends that way? I mean, yes and no. It really depends. There there are times where if you can if you can find someone to bond with, I've I have been in, you know, lots of theatrical groups mm-hmm. and have made very close friendships with some people and you know, and then others not. But there yeah. it's just it's not they all envy Karen her situation with the fact that she's got this music producer who is courting her. Mm-hmm. I I think it's a more likely scenario that they would be like Ivy is where she goes, congratulations, good for you. And you walk out the door and she goes, you know, <laughs> well, I, it, not that she did that literally, but, no, but that kind of begrudging support because it's an incredibly competitive business. But I feel like, and, and I don't know if this is true, but when, you know, because they're ensemble um, sorry, <laughs> because they're that was smooth. <laughs> <laughs> because they're ensemble, um, you know, roles. Do they yeah. kind of automatically fill that spot, and are they comfortable there? And they recognize Karen as as being a star, and do they <laughs> um, do they therefore kind of cheer her on? Like that to me seems realistic. They would be like. Oh, you're lucky. Yeah, call them up. Like, you know, right. because they're comfortable, they know that they're not at her level. I, and that's where I think that part is I, realistic. For me, I, I saw it as this girl grew on them. And yeah, they're Ivy's friends. Yeah. But the underdog in this situation has grown on them. And hey, they had fun with her at karaoke night. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, They've grown to like her somewhat, and she's got this amazing opportunity. In my opinion, they're being genuine. I I got what it is for me. I think what it is for me is that it's it's such a – they don't have time. Here's what the problem is. They don't have time to develop chorus characters, Mm -hmm. right? You know? And by they, I mean the writers. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're they're going to look very surface and very deep as a dime t- to the rest of us because uh-huh. we just can't get that much further into it. Yeah. And I think I'm just reading that as being not genuine instead of it's not something I need to worry about. Let's just move on. Mm-hmm. So I'm, ta- I'm taking oh. it too seriously. <laughs> I'm just going to put it that way. I actually oh, I know we have to. Yeah, we got to keep we got to get a move on. But I, it was just interesting the song that Karen was singing at the studio with Mr. Raskin. Yes. Um, who's in love with her now. Yes. Um, I think I, I love you. <laughs> I just thought the line, you know, the the phrase or whatever that where she says, this is how it's done, again, is kind of trying to highlight that she's... A superstar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful Maryland. song, too. But it was Brighter Than the Sun, Kobe Calais. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were looking at me. I'm singing along in, in the chair, and you're looking at me going, do I know, do I know this song? And I said, yes, I you know like this song. I, I, don't know, I don't know what no, no, music like you I, know, but of course you've heard it. Yeah, of course you have. I, I like that song. I thought it was beautiful, and I thought her rendition was really excellent. Yeah, and it's on iTunes, all of the songs that are on each show. Yay! They, uh, make them available on iTunes. Yay! <laughs> and then the last one was on Lexington and Fifty Second, which we already talked about with Mike. Yes. Um, so that was that. I think that's pretty much smash for tonight. Um, we have some news and gossip, so let's go to new. Wait, we need to do a commercial, commercial. first. Yes, yes, commercial first. Sorry. Uh-huh. After Buzz <laughs> TV. Hi, I was once like you, a lazy, angry loner whose only joy was watching TV and surfing the net. And, like you, after I'd see one of my favorite TV shows, I'd be so excited and have so many questions that I'd actually have to talk to my douchebag co-workers about it at the water cooler. Then, I discovered AfterBuzzTV.com. AfterBuzzTV produces after-show webcasts and podcasts for TV series of all kinds, like post-game wrap-up shows for all your favorite... 
AfterBuzz TV hosts are industry insiders who break down episodes of shows, take calls from fans, and interview cast and crew from each series with over 60 different after shows from Boardwalk Empire to American Idol to Vampire Diaries to Real Housewives and more. Now, after a night of TV, I can ignore my stupid co-workers, who I hate, and go straight to my desk and watch or listen to all my favorite AfterBuzz TV aftershows and have all the TV fan interaction I need. Thank you, AfterBuzz TV. AfterBuzz TV. What do you want to buzz about? All right, so we got to get quick through our news. Um, go ahead. I'll go ahead. Yeah, um, we're going to have you do it. Well, we'll, we'll start like this. Um, you have a couple of videos, so explain to me what our first, or both videos are, and we'll do one at the beginning of news and one at the end. Does that work for you? Sure, uh, sure. That's yeah, fine. That's fine. So go ahead and explain it, and then I'll pull up the video. Okay, well, we just, I mean, we have two videos. Um, one of what, this it, is really Bernadette Peters talking about this episode tonight and what it was like to do and that sort of thing. So it's... Uh, it's kind of it's long, but we don't you know we're not we don't have to watch it all. Yeah, thing. and then the second one is just Megan Hilty kind of discussing what it was like to have Bernadette. Oh, okay. So, so it's all about the Bernadette Peters portion yes. of the show. Yeah. For the evening, we so, ready, Ronnie? Or is Ronnie? that not yet? In just a second, okay. we're going uh, to the page. One second. Okay. You guys having a great night? <laughs> yes. Lovely night. Even though, yeah, it's... I actually, one of the things I like about being here late on Monday nights is that we're the only people here. I know. It's kind of... So it's like mellow. Yeah. It's like the after-after buzz. <laughs> I know, after-buzz. I like that. The after-after buzz. After hours. After hours, <laughs> late night after buzz. Uh-huh. <laughs> what do you want to buzz what about? What do you want to buzz about? <laughs> oh, there's Bernadette. Look. Yes. So this was... Um, the idea for Smash was so exciting to me to have a musical series um, for adults, basically, because, you know, Glee was such a big success and so much fun, and everyone loves Glee, that to have the making of a Broadway musical is just ripe for some beautiful for subject matter. There's so so many stories that you can tell about it. Lee uh, Conroy is a, um, she was a big musical comedy star. Uh, she doesn't work as much anymore, but she's, she comes to, into a room, everyone knows, recognizes her, knows who she is. So she's had quite a successful career. And uh, she's a bit narcissistic. <laughs> she Stay has a lovely daughter, <laughs> Ivy. She... Uh, I think she had a lot of. She wasn't there a lot because yeah, she was working. That's what you said, Kendra. She had a lot of guilt about that, but she also never really expressed her emotions to her daughter or connected to her daughter that much with her daughter growing up. Because she and was I busy being they, a big star. Because of that, they both mm-hmm. um, missed out and have a part of them that's sad and lacking that they don't have that together and um maybe they'll try to make that happen in the series i don't know what the writer in intends but it's very interesting to play because the way it's written now is my character is very narcissistic um she was really written very even more narcissistic originally now it's a little bit less and um you find out within this this episode that how much she loves her daughter but she just wasn't a- she's not able to express it and wasn't able to express it so we don't know what the future holds as far as um, bringing them together throwing a wedge between them I'm not sure <laughs> what's going to happen okay should we, should we, cl- we stop this one now? yeah we can okay. get this one okay. I-, I hadn't even seen these and I kind of now you want to watch more? No, I'm just, <laughs> it's kind of, it's what we were talking yeah, about. So yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It is. Um, okay, so you, you need another second, Ronnie, to bring that next one up, right? Uh, yeah, we'll start news and then uh, we'll get to that second video and they'll have camera. Okay, so here I have some, I have some personal professional news to share. Um, a film that, a short film that I co-produced with fellow after brother John Comerford, who does The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he and I made a short film. Oh, and parts of it were actually shot here in our studio, oh. not in this room, but out in the big studio where we where we sometimes watch. So, oh, so some good. of the film was actually shot out there. It is making its debut at the Beverly Hills Shorts Film Festival this Saturday at 4 p.m. Um, and yeah. it's the film is called Fall of Night, and it's very funny. It's a comedy. It's very funny. It's made by my good friend Ross Reventos and Stephen Hawes. And they, um, the festival is, since they're short films, they do them in chunks. Mm-hmm. And so the Comedy Shorts program is this Saturday at 4 p.m. And Fall of Night opens up the, the Comedy Shorts part of the festival this weekend. Anyway, so tickets and information can be found at the website for Beverly Hills Shorts festival.com um, I'm going to be there a lot of our actors are going to be there um, all the production team will be there Congratulations. and uh, and it's pretty exciting tickets are only $8 if you buy them online by <laughs> by Wednesday um, and then they're, all, they're $10 at the door so um, if you want to see some fun movies and see something that some people that you kind of know have made, come and see us. So it's the Beverly Hills Shorts Film Festival. Proud of you, Sammy. Proud That's of John. Great. You guys, you guys put in the work. That's great. Shall we do news? Let's yes. get into it. Good job, though, Sammy. We love Thank that. Thank you. Thank you. After Buzz TV News. Um. Well, I. Oh, we'll do the video afterwards. I brought in today, uh, well, March's Ladies' Home Journal. Oh, Ladies' Home Journal. (laughs) And uh, found a little, kind of little article with Catherine McPhee. And um, just some of the interesting points she made. um, She said, in Smash, she plays a girl from Iowa who dreams of being on Broadway. Um, She says, it's the perfect part. Growing up, my mother always took me to to see musical theater. Plus, the series is produced by Steven Spielberg. Anything he's involved with grabs my attention. Yes. Um, Aside from that, uh, something interesting she said, she'd love to work with Adele, which um, Adele is actually supposed to be... um, on an upcoming episode. Really? I think that was That's in one exciting. of our news and, uh, news and gossips. Um, I think that's that's all from that from that article. I think that I was uh, I was reading uh, one of the message boards somewhere, and I saw somebody saying that they were um, slightly annoyed with the writers of the show when they went to Iowa when mm-hmm. they took Karen to, back to Iowa to see her Morning. parents with AT and T. In order to pull the video, we have to go through that. But keep talking. We'll, okay, I we'll will. cut the news music, but just keep on delivering. Okay, okay, that's fine. So um, th- somebody was saying, you know, they sent they sent Karen to Iowa, and it's like people don't even have television in Iowa. <laughs> they, you know, they were portraying Iowa as Iowa in the fifties or something, and it was just <laughs> oh, so wow. silly and unrealistic how uh, how everybody was. You know, so starstruck by Karen. Not that they wouldn't be starstruck by her, but the I think it's again, it's the same kind of criticism that I have about the chorus. Yeah, and they're very surface. It, the, the things come off as cliche. I okay. think sometimes, and mm-hmm. that's that's sort of one of the criticisms. And it's not, you know, it's not just mine. I read this in one of the one of the message, the message boards. Words. So people mm-hmm. were talking about that. So that was that. Do you have any other news? Um, I don't. Uh, I don't know if Sarah, Sarah, are you still with us? I feel like Sarah may have. Uh, I think lost we 